Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. Good morning, Mosaic, and happy Easter. Man, he has risen. He has risen indeed, of course. Man, I'm so glad you're joining us online, friends. We appreciate our online audience, our community, our church. You are a part of us. And if you're watching this later on, it's not even, it's not even Sunday, you know, but you're just catching up. And, and, you know, I'm proud of you, proud of you. And for those of you, for those of you who are like, um, oh, hold up, hold up. This is not the Mosaic Church I wanted. I clicked uh, on something else. It is a mix, misclick. Uh, let me try, try this again. Hold up, hold up. Uh, you might want to give us a chance. Maybe, maybe God wants you here in this moment for this message. And I also get the idea of trying to try again, you know, like, uh, or doing something you're like, oh, I wish, I wish I could get a redo. Because we all want redos in life, don't we? In fact, I think uh, this message, uh, this Easter, I want to share with you that you and I get a redo. I don't know about you, but I love a good redo. I do. I mean, when it comes to games that I play, you know, like it, 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 golf, we want a mulligan. Of course we do. In bowling, we want another uh, try. I, even though it seems final, once that ball leaves, you can't take it back. But it, that's life. But you want a redo. We do. I know. I do. I do. When it comes to chess, for example, I want a redo. Like uh, technically, technically, let me ask you this. If you know how to play chess, when it's your turn and you pick up, say you pick up a bishop, right? You pick it up, you think about it, you think about it, and you're like, where should I place this? Now, when have you technically made your move? Now, I, I mean, I think if you touch the board, but you haven't left, you know, left the bishop there, then you're still in that move. I know. I drive people crazy when I pay, play chess. Also, I have been accused for changing the game. I know, I know. But you know what Easter is about? Easter Sunday is about when God changed the game. I'm convinced of it. It is about when God changed the game. And I'm so glad he did. So glad he did. Because our, you know, life is more than a chess game, isn't it? I think there are things that if you were to think back, we would love to redo maybe our 20s, maybe our 30s, maybe our 40s. We want to redo uh, maybe some choices we made, some dating choices, some marriage choices, some kids' choices. I mean, we got all kinds of choices, some money, financial investment choices. Man, wouldn't it be great to get a redo? Yes, I believe, though, I believe Easter reminds us that Sunday, God changed the game. Easter Sunday, he totally did. He changed the game, and he did this 
so Monday we could try again. First Peter reminds us of this. It says, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven and the future, I love this part, and the future starts now. It starts now. Friends, Sunday is about when God changed the game. How did he do it? He redefined reality with his sacrifice. He redefined it. For example, the idea of reality, even just basic stuff, life and death, the idea of living and then dying, he defied it. Luke 24, it's the story of Easter. It says on the first day of the week, uh, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you. While he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Jesus defied reality. He defied this idea of something being so final as death. Easter reminds us of that. And see, what the interesting thing about that is, is when I think of death, I think of it being one of the most final things. But he comes back to life. He changes the game. I mean, come on. You can't have, like, take backs, right? You can't, you can't have take backs on, on dying. Like, oh, I decided to come back to life. What? You can't do that. You can't have take backs when you say something because you can't unsay something, right? I know parents try to go like, I can't believe that came out of your mouth. You know what? I'm going to wash your mouth with soap. Well, you do that, parent. You do that. But guess what? It's not going to unsay it. He still, he, yes, yes, your child has a foul mouth. Hello. Yes. And you can't unsee things as well. Like death is like that. You can't unsee certain things, right? You saw it. It happened. It happened. But you, by the way, side note on this, you know that I grew up and the, I was threatened, like teachers would threaten to put chili powder in our eyes. Now, if you don't believe me, you're thinking he's making it up. Just ask any South Indian, maybe a Pakistani. But yes, teachers would do that. Now, is it, was it because they didn't want us to see something? No, no, because they, it was a source of punishment. All that to say, friends, death is one of those things. When you die, you're supposed to stay dead. But he doesn't. He does not. First Corinthians says this, Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? It seems like a song. Like he's like fronting. I mean, this could be a rap. Like, oh, 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 hey, 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 death, where is your victory? Oh, okay, where is your sting? It's as if... Jesus has defied reality when it comes to life and death. Death is supposed to be the end. How did he do that? He introduced eternal life 
by his sacrifice, eternal life. And when he did that, he introduced resurrection to us. Yeah, you and I are going to be resurrected once again. I mean, we get to live this life and then we get to die. But then we get to get resurrected again. This life is not final. There's a life here and then there's a life later on. I don't know if you knew that, but when Jesus stepped into human history, he changed what? The game. He changed it. Defied what, what we know as reality and defied life and death as we know it. So if you ever feel like, oh my gosh, I, 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 I'm praying about this. I'm, I've been hoping about this. And then you see someone just die in this lifetime without seeing justice come to pass for them. Just so you know, God will bring all things for good. He will. He'll bring it all together. Maybe not in this life. Why? Because he has changed the game. Now we have a resurrected life. We have an eternal life. There is another existence. Why? Because God changed the game. He also changed the game by dismantling religion with his grace. Now, like I said, he defined reality with his sacrifice, but he dismantled religion with his grace. Religion says this, right? It says your actions uh, equal uh, consequences. So right living equals righteousness. Like there is a cause and effect in a sense, religiously, spiritually. And most religions of the world play by these rules. But then God comes in and what do you do? He changes the game. He changes the game by dismantling religion with grace. He introduces grace, which is a very, very foreign concept in most religions. He dismantles it. He, dismantles it. he interrupts it. He um, erases, in a sense, the consequences of some of my sins and some of your sins by grace. And so now he changes the reality of what it means to live a spiritual life. Dismantles religion because religion says, hey, hey, you need to live a certain kind of way. Right living means righteousness and it's a requirement of the law based on the religion you follow. And then Jesus comes in and he dismantles it because he introduces grace and grace now paves the way for gratitude. And then we live our lives in gratitude of what he has done. God changed the game. Colossians 2 says this, We were once dead because of our failures. But God, who uh, made, uh, who, who alive, he made us alive with Christ when he forgave all our failures. He did this by erasing the charges that were brought against us and by, by the written laws God had established. He took the charges away by nailing them to the cross. God changed the game and then he dismantled re religion by his grace. And so what does that look like? What does that mean to us? If God changed the game on Sunday, well then Monday, like I said, you and I get to try again. Yes, you get to try again. Romans 8 says this, And the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. 
And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. I love that. Proverbs 24 says, for though, for though the righteous fall seven times, they rise, they rise again. They rise again. Man, God's given us a chance on Monday, on Monday, to live a different kind of life, have a redo. Now, I don't know about you, but um, I have very interesting relationships, uh, relationship with pencils. I do, I do. Did you, get, did you get a pencil? I hope you picked up a pencil. Because here, here's the deal. Um, this pencil uh, illustrates what God wants to do in your life. Now, I, I don't know the last time you picked up a pencil. Uh, like I said, I have a relationship with the, these kinds of uh, pencils because growing up, again, true story, growing up, my mom would make us write pages, pages and pages, like 10, 15 pages every day in the summer. And she was like, you practice your English, you practice your writing, your handwriting gets better. And I'm like, okay. And I grew up in the summers, plenty of summers, just writing and writing and writing. Man, had an intimate relationship with this pencil. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. And you know what? I actually tried to do that with my kids. I did. Ask Ashley. I was like, hey, so what do you think? You know, when the kids were younger, I was like, what do you think if we introduced like pages for them and it'll help their writing and their, you know, their, their, you know all that? And, and yeah, I mean, I mean, who doesn't want a good handwriting? And she was like, well, what happened to your handwriting? I'm like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? She's like, uh, you have a terrible handwriting. I'm like, no, I don't. First of all, I'm an artist. Okay, so j stop judging. Second of all, my writing is art. I mean, and really, it's, it's, it didn't fly, friends. It did not fly. We never, we never really did. So why am I giving, why would, do I want you uh, to have a pencil? Because here's why. I don't want to help your handwriting. I want you to know that God wants you to not just have a redo about a decision or a choice, but he wants you to rewrite. Yeah, take, get another shot at writing your life. A rewrite for your life. We're all writing a story. We're all, by the choices we make, by the things we're doing, we're, we're writing a story. And I think for some of us, we've been stuck in a story. And Monday, we get to rewrite our story. So if you had a chance, what would you do to rewrite in your life? I think a lot of us would do that. Because I think some of us, we feel stuck. We feel stuck in a story. That's not even ours. We wake up and you go, I don't want to write this. I don't want to live this kind of life. Guess what? Sunday, God changed the what? Game. Yeah. And Monday, you get to try again. You get to rewrite one more time. And if you get, feel stuck, I want to let you know, uh, you can be set free from that. I love the story of Lazarus. So Lazarus in John 10, uh, sorry, John 11, uh, shows me how Jesus had this very interesting way of illustrating what he was actually going to do in the lives of other people. So the story of Lazarus, if, if you know the story, he dies and he is dead for about four days or so. And then Jesus shows up and he brings him back to life. 
he's the, uh, the, the other guy that we talk, that, that really points to this, this what G, what's going to happen with Jesus. I mean, Jesus is in a tomb, and he's there for three nights, uh, obviously, because Lazarus was, you know, was Lazarus, so he needed four nights, but Jesus only needed three nights, and then he comes back to life. Do you remember that point of when he came back to life? Let me read this to you. It starts off, it says, Lazarus, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and his feet wrapped in strips of linen and a cloth around its face. Just imagine moonlight. I know, shout out to all my Marvel fans. Just imagine him, right? He comes out. And then Jesus said to them, take off his grave clothes and let him go. Jesus rewrites Lazarus' story. I mean, think about it. Even when he dies on his, on his tombstone, right? It's like, he was born this day, died, was resurrected again, then died again. I mean, he changed the game and he gave Lazarus a chance to rewrite his own story. Do you know what Lazarus did not do when he was brought back to life? He did not, come closer, he did not apologize for dying. He did not. He did not say, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Man, those, those Happy Meals, man. Whew. I know, my diet was terrible. I'm so sorry you had to do this. I'm not quite sure if he did that at all. See, I wonder if you think that God is waiting for you to apologize, to feel so sorry, and for you to feel so bad, and then he might do something. Then he might step into your life, and bring you back to life. No, Jesus changed the game, like I said. So Monday, you get to rewrite again. And so if you feel dead in your story, God wants you and has given you a chance to rewrite your story by giving you resurrection power. And so if you're in the middle of like a grave, right? If you're in the middle of this point in your life, you, you know, and, and the grave could be anything, right? Maybe, maybe you were led in the wrong decision. That's your grave. Maybe your grave is a bad habit that you got into because of all kinds of things. Maybe it's like you've been tormented with untrue and false thoughts, anxious thoughts. Maybe your grave is being defeated by disappointment. Whatever it is, do you hear hope calling you out? Lazarus, come out. Come out. Do you hear hope whispering your name? See, this hope, this hope, Romans tells us, does not disappoint us. For God has poured out his love into our hearts by means of the Holy Spirit, who is God's gift to us. See, this hope is, is God's voice calling you out and saying, hey, you don't have to be stuck in this dead end story, this dead end life, because on Sunday I changed the game. So on Monday, you can try again. You can rewrite your story once again. You know, I wrote a book uh, several years ago, and the process of writing a book, people have asked about it, uh, you know, and I get questions about it, you know, and it's, it was a long process. But one of the interesting processes was this idea of uh, who was going to help me write this book. So in the publishing world or whatever, there are ghost writers 
and then there are collaborators, people who help you with the, your, writing your book. Ghostwriters don't get any mention. Ghostwriters might be strangers. I mean, they'll take sort of your stuff and they'll write the story in a sense. They'll do it. So, you know, sometimes if you've ever picked up a book and you're like, this guy didn't write this book. Yeah, he didn't. This girl, no way she wrote this. Yeah, he didn't. No, she didn't. She didn't. A ghostwriter wrote it. Now, a collaborator is a person that when you, re when you see the book and the author's name is there, it says so-and-so with, with so-and-so. So my book says Naeem Fazel with Kitty Murray. She was my collaborator, not my ghostwriter. A collaborator's relationship is very different because they have, we are collaborating to write this book. I just want you to know that God wants, wants that too. Like he doesn't want you to have ghostwriters. He doesn't want other people to write your story. Strange people who know a little bit about you and then tell you how to live your life and then you and I begin to live that kind of life. No, what God wants, he goes, hey, I changed the game. I changed the game on Sunday. Monday, I want you to rewrite your story. I want you to try again, but here's where I want you to do it. I want to be your collaborator. What that means is I want to write your story with you. And so at the end of your life, you have a book, and guess what? His name is on that book too. It's not some random name, no, no name book. No, it's, just, it's not just you. It's, it's you and God. It's a very different kind of life. I think for some of us, the reason why we're stuck we're stuck in this dead end, this death of a life is because we just want it our way. We just want it our way and we're like, hey, hey, this is it and this is how it's going to be. Well, if you want to collaborate with God and rewrite your story, then what you got to do is you can't have it your way. In fact, you have to change your way. You have to redirect, in a sense, your path. Do you know a spiritual word for redirect in the scriptures? It's called the word repent. Yeah. Repentance is not feel guilty. No, no. Guilty means guilty. Feel guilty means feel guilty. Repentance literally means change direction. To repent is to redirect your life. And I think for some of us, we start with that. Man, you want to you try again? You want to redo? then you and I have to repent, redirect our lives and say, I want to not go down this path. I want to go on a different path. It's not going to be my way or the highway. No, it's going to be me and God. We're going to do this. God, I'm going to give you my life. I, l l I read my story and I have been guilty of reading my own book. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's pretty good. Uh, I go, man, I'm so glad that I've given my life over to God, to Jesus. Because, man, why wouldn't you, right? Sunday, he changed the game. So Monday, we, we could try again. We could have a redo. We could rewrite. So why wouldn't you redirect your life? Why wouldn't I give my life over to him again? today. So I want to encourage you. If you find yourself stuck, if you find yourself going, I wish, I wish, I wish I had a redo. Man, Monday you do. You do. Can I remind you of the verse that we read in the beginning of our time? First Peter. Because Jesus 
was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. It starts now. Can I pray with you? Father, I thank you so much for this day. Because, God, today signifies the day you changed the game. We celebrate Easter because you defied reality. What, what, what it means to have something live in a particular time and space, you, you changed it. You allowed us to experience eternal life through your sacrifice. God, a sacrifice that we, don't, we are beginning to understand. But God, you changed it. You did that for us. God, you dismantled this idea of what it means to be religious and what it means to live a life and, and have a relationship with you. And you changed the rules in a sense where actions and consequences and um, you just interrupted them by your grace and your mercy. And Father, for some of us, we desperately need that. And we've seen that in our lives and we need to be reminded of that, God. That Easter Sunday, you interrupted the consequences of my sin. And so, God, in response to that, God, we give our lives over to you again. And for some of us, for the very first time, we redirect, we repent to rewrite our lives with you. And we say, Jesus, I give you my life. Would you forgive me of my sin? And would you fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.